0: like to welcome coach Jaden Nichols back to the coach's edge podcast coach appreciate you taking the time as we dig into shooting this entire month on the coach's edge podcast really trying to help uh, as many coaches out as we can because the off season, I mean that's that's development time that's when players are made and uh, shooters are not born they're made and so in this episode really digging up into how players can start to be successful shooting the basketball you know, if we're not Really concentrating on our shot preparation, everything other than that is just trying to catch up. So, when you think of starting position and how we can prepare to be successful as a shooter, what are some of the things that come to mind?
1: Yeah, coach, there's a lot we could talk about here as far as as getting prepared to shoot the basketball. A lot of guys think I need the ball in my hands to be ready to shoot, and that's not true. So, I think we need to start with that basis. There's a lot you can do before the ball is even in your hands that can get you ready to make a successful shot. And we're probably going to go up through the body. So we'll start with our feet. We're going to talk about knees, hips, core, elbows, shoulders, how we can get everything in alignment, what we can do mentally, and how we can move our feet to get in proper space. And I'll probably mention some players here and there who do some of these things particularly well. Um, I like to watch a lot of NBA. So anybody I mentioned, look them up on YouTube. You'll see the stuff I'm talking about. J.J. Redick is one of the best all time when it comes to having his feet ready and getting into spots where he's going to be successful. Steph Curry's another one. He's the obvious. But the first thing we can do to get ourselves in a, in a good starting position to make a shot is to get to the spots where we like to make shots. And so if you watch a guy like J.J. Redick or Steph Curry, they move quite a bit. And so we talk about this a lot with our players at the JV and varsity level is to be a threat whether you have the ball or not. And so the way that I can be a threat without the basketball is I can get myself into spots where I like to make shots. And I can not only do that, but I have to set my defender up. So what that looks like is setting screens, making a cut before spotting up and getting to my spot. So it takes first and foremost to getting our feet where they need to be to get to the spots where you like to make shots in places that you've practiced shots too. It's, it's hard to make game shots that we've not practiced. So that's where I'm going to start. Feet. Coach Kramer, do you have anything to add to where our starting position is with our feet?
0: No, like, I mean, you have to be a player, right? You have to be a player. And, you know, how are you a player? You understand, you know, where your bread is buttered as a shooter, and you're trying to hunt those locations throughout the course of the game. You know, that's what makes, you know, a guy like J.J. Redick and Steph Curry and, and all those great shooters that we've ever seen really effective is they know what their strengths are. And that's, you know, having that understanding as a player, great sign of basketball IQ uh, that we understand what our strengths and weaknesses are. And so when it comes to shooting, getting in to those spots, and then from the ground up, really think about what is our actual stance as an athlete. Now, with Kramer basketball and our shooting program, we don't tell kids they have to be in this exact width or distance. We break it down in two different ways pretty simply when it comes to their basic shooting stance. Now, we want them to be wide enough that they feel like they have great balance, but narrow enough in their stance that they still feel bouncy, like they have some rhythm they can pop off of the floor. And the best way to summarize this is it it could be easy for you to get wider and feel like you have great base, great balance, strength, but not really able to pop. Think about if you're jumping rope, most people jump rope with their feet right together, which I don't recommend, but you put your feet right together, easy to pop off the floor. Right. But if you're going fast, if you're on a cut, if you're in a pull up, there's no way you would be able to maintain your balance when you have your feet that close together. So understanding wide enough, we have a good balance, narrow enough, we can still pop off the floor. Generally, that's you know shoulder width, a lo- little bit wider, especially if our players trying to regain a little balance of their pull up jump shooter, generally a pull up jump shooter. We'll get a little bit wider into into their stance compared to you know a spot up catch and shoot because um, it's a balance it's a balance thing again. Now, when it comes to the shot line, we really want to generate foot, hip, shoulder, elbow follow through, and so for us to be able to do that, we want to make sure that if I'm right handed, my right foot is not so far in front of my left foot that it becomes almost a push. And I'm kind of launching my whole body forward because we're just going to miss shots if we do that. I also don't want my feet even with each other, right foot, and left foot, because that takes away the shot line. It's just a flat horizontal line coming across. So what I like our players to have is the right foot in front. And so my left foot, if you were to take the tip of my left shoe and bring a straight line across, that would go somewhere into the arch of my right foot. Now, the arch of my right foot, I mean, there's two, three, inches of variability in there, which is again, God didn't make you a robot. He didn't make you like anybody else. So again, it needs to be comfortable for you. But once we start to see that right foot so far in front of the left foot, we have some problems. If we start to see that right foot, if you're a right-handed player back, so it's almost even with with your left foot. And we also have some problems when it comes to generating a straight line shot.
1: Yeah, and I like like the progression we're making here. when it comes to getting all of our body in alignment, when we get to a spot two, we do have to focus on having our knees and our hips loaded. And so we, we talk about having a slight knee bend, having our hips loaded when we're getting into our shot line. And a common mistake we see, and actually we were analyzing our statistics on our left, left side three-point shooting compared to our right. And I would watch certain players, a lot of our players don't get our feet in a proper alignment. When, for example, having a right-handed shooter whose left hand or left foot is in front of their right foot, maybe coming off on the left side. It's important that we get in a proper shot line so we can have a straight line shot. And we don't overly emphasize using legs, like we don't talk about it like that. A lot of the generation or the energy we're generating comes from our hips, but it does take having a slight knee bend, especially when we're running around a screen or if we're coming up into our shot, or even if we're going downhill into a pull-up jumper, your knees need to be bent. Uh, Something I see in a lot of high school players is they try to be as tall as they possibly can be. That seems to be an advantage in basketball most of the time. But when it comes to shooting the basketball, it's actually not always. If we have our straight legs, it's hard to generate some power under our shot.
0: You see that mistake sometimes where players are getting ready to take that shot, whether it's a pull up or a stationary, but everything is locked up. And they're straight up, and so then they need to actually go down to get loaded, and then they come up into their shot. But you could have got that done, that work done early, and you get to get that shot off a heck of a lot easier with more time, uh, more fluidity at the same time. So uh, that's a key one. Again, a lot of our power comes from our hips, and we have our three levers: hips, knees, and ankles. And those need to be loaded in order for us to be able to time the basketball. And spring up into our shot. So if we can load hips, knees, and ankles before the basketball is even in our hands, if we're, we're spotting up, that's a great thing for us to, to be able to have. And then understanding that our hips come forward on our follow-through and that, you know, we did our common shooting errors episode. This is probably something that I should have mentioned in, in that episode, but we'll see players who they're loading hips, knees, ankles, but they're not using that momentum, that power that they've generated into their upper body and into the motion of the ball, because they keep their hips back as they're taking a shot. So they'll be, they'll be loaded hips, knees, ankles, and they'll unload knees, ankles, they'll keep their hips back. And so they've basically kept all of this power in the lower half of their body. And you'll see players almost take a shot. And it's almost like they'll finish on their follow through and like their butt sticking out a little bit. And they didn't unload their hips, right? And so a lot of those shots are, are flat, a lot of those shots are short. And so getting them to work on unloading hips, knees, ankles as the basketball comes up and out into our shot is key.
1: And then the next thing, too, that's really important is, is what are our hands doing? This is something that I preach a lot. And I think more coaches should have an emphasis on it. We have to show our hands and we have to show them where we want the ball. We we talk about shootings not just. Shooting, it's also passing. You have to have a good pass if you're going to get a good shot. And so if we're not teaching our our players and if we're not holding our teammates accountable to to throwing us good passes where we like to catch them in rhythm, that's going to be a problem. I like to have my hands positioned slightly above my right hip. I'm a right-handed shooter, and I'm going to show my hands. I'm going to show them exactly where I want the ball. I'm not showing you my hands above my head, over my shoulder. I'm showing it where I want it, right in my shooting pocket. And so when we, do it, when we teach our form shooting, we talk about shooting pocket. It, when it gets to phase two, three, and four, and especially if you have a passer who's doing it with you, they need to be hitting you in your shooting pocket because we want to have something that's consistent, something we've done the work on before game time. So when we actually get there, we know where to put our hands. We know how to teach, coach up our teammates and show them where we want the ball so we can be ready. It's one of my biggest pet peeves when I see players, a pass comes towards them and their hands are at their sides somewhere else, and they have to do a weird jumbled catch and then trying to get in the shot motion. We don't make those shots very often. It's just not common.
0: Yeah, if at all possible, we want to catch the basketball in a position that we would shoot it with as far as the hand placement. So center of the hand, center of the ball. And if if you can eye that basketball up, almost like there's an eyeball in, in your palm and you're looking at the basketball as it's coming into your hand, that's a great way to catch it. Now we can't, we can't always do that. You just got to catch the basketball first. Sometimes it's a bad pass. Sometimes it's too low, just catch the basketball, but as quickly as we can, we're getting our hands into a shooting position to pull it. When the basketball is low, our palm is more so behind the ball. And then as the basketball comes higher, our palm gets underneath, underneath the basketball. And with that in mind, if we can load our wrist with our hand preparation, that's key. And um, so Some coaches will teach, you know, 90 degree angle with the wrist. If you're watching on YouTube, I don't know about you. I can't go 90 degrees with my wrist, not happening. So if I were to have 90 degrees or what I attempt to be 90 degrees right here with my forearm and uh, the base of my arm, and then coming up here, that basketball is just going to fall right out because my hand isn't underneath the basketball. So everybody is, again, I always say, God didn't make you like everybody else. Certain people have a little more flexibility, you know, I'm six three. I got a six seven, six eight wingspan. So just the the length of my limbs, it's going to look a little bit differently than if I was a little more proportionate. And so, when it comes to that, we ought to understand the the base mechanics of one player are going to be a little bit different than others. Some players have super flexible wrists, and they can easily get their hand ninety degrees underneath the ball, and it, it looks pretty. It looks it looks nicer, right? But we just got to be able to to get it done. But the importance of Loading the wrist the best we can, I think, is really important because if we can have even slight wrist bend like I have right here, and I can take care of business early, even though it doesn't look like I have a whole lot of wrist bend up here, it looks kind of more like a a flat wrist coach. That's as much as I'm going to get. And so when I get out into my shot, because I've done my preparation early, I can really start to extend my elbow, snap my wrist all the way through the shot, get good touch on it, and not have to worry about bringing the basketball up with more of a flat wrist or my hand almost on top of the ball. And at the last second, I'm bringing the basketball up towards my head and then I try to bring my wrist back as much as I can and then fling it forward. You have to time the release perfectly to make shots consistently when you do it that way, right? If if just you're a split second off, a little too early, a little too late, you're going to miss the shot. And I know there's, there's good players that do it that way. I just think it's harder. Right, And so being able to load the wrist, hand prep early before the basketball even comes up is a great way to set yourself up for success, uh, getting ready to take that shot.
1: And to add to that too, I, I have had conversations with other shooting coaches who don't emphasize that as much. They think it's okay if you snap your wrist back at the last second. In my opinion, we're trying to reduce the amount of variables we have going into our shot so that we can make it more consistent. And if I can get my wrist back while I'm waiting for a pass, That's just one less thing that I have to do while I'm getting up into my shooting motion. So yes, there are good players who can do that, but no, it's not something I would teach because I don't think it's helpful. So as we move up the line, so we've talked about our hands, we've talked about our wrist. We have to get our elbow in a good position too. And so we'll talk less on this, but our elbow and and shooting shoulder, they need to be in line with the, with the rim. Um, A perfect example of this is LeBron James. He's got a kind of funky shooting form. We've all seen it before, but the shots he makes are when he gets his elbow in line with the rim. So a lot of a lot of shooting coaches will say it doesn't matter a whole lot what you do before the shot. It just matters if your elbow and wrist are in line. And to some degree, they're correct. I think you're still going to shoot a lower pers- or percentage if, if you're not doing the other things correctly. But we have to get our elbow in line with the rim. We have to get that aiming exactly where we need it to be. Not too far out wide, not too far in. We need to have it straight and in line with the rim. And same with our shoulder. We want our shooting shoulder in front. And if we're, if we're coming off a screen on the right and we're a right-handed shooter, it's going to take our us doing the work, getting our feet lined up so our shoulder can also be lined up. And that's why I prefer to come off screens on the right side of the floor because my foot's already going to be lined up. I just got to pull up and pop off the floor. So getting our elbow and shoulder in line.
0: No, that's good. And you, that's why a lot of players that are right-handed like to go left, shoulders are already, already to the rim, whether it's off the bounce, coming off of a screen, it's, it's just a little bit easier. Now, when it comes to getting that elbow in line, um, there can be some delay. And I think the better shooter you are, the better shooter you become, the easier it is to delay when that elbow gets underneath and you're able to get out into your follow through. For our younger players, we really try to hammer on, trying to make your line much, much earlier. But as you know, you're shooting off the dribble, you're picking the basketball up in different locations, you're getting a pass from different locations and getting ready to get up into your shot. You may start to bring the basketball up and out into your shot, but it's not one of those clean, picture-perfect form shooting type things where you're just up and out and everything looks real clean and fluid. So we wanna be able to make sure that by the time our hand gets underneath the basketball, that shoulder elbow is, is in line. And if we're still working on it up into that point, I think we're really gonna struggle and you're gonna have a really hard time being a consistent, consistent shooter. Uh, So we wanna practice that shot line, getting that elbow and shoulder to the rim early, but at the same time, understanding there's gonna be some variability, especially for our really good shooters. Now, does everything have to be perfect? No, again, all of our joints are, are slightly different. The flexibility in our shoulders, like I have pretty tight shoulders. Uh, I probably should do some more you know, motion work with, with my shoulders. And so to be able to bring the basketball up and everything is perfectly in that, you're probably going to see my elbow slightly, slightly to the right as far as being perfectly underneath the basketball. Why? Because if I put my elbow 100% underneath the ball, it feels really, really uncomfortable for me really, really uncomfortable for me. So I don't do it. Right. And so it's, it's sometimes that's, I mean, that may seem oversimplifying some things, but every player is a little bit different. There's going to be some comfort zone. And if we can understand that there's going to be some wiggle room for every player to shoot the basketball uh, the best that they can, given their, their practice, what's comfortable for them, their flexibility, some of their given characteristics, you know, that that's why shooting is such a beautiful thing. Is because everybody can shoot at a high level, but we can all do it slightly differently.
1: And that's why I like to say basketball is two parts math and it's two parts art, because there is a mix of, of the two. And, and it's beautiful in that way. Some players think more in the math range. Some people think more in the art range. There is a necessity to having proper mechanics that also feel good. So there is that balance that we need to strike there. So we've talked through a lot of ways to get prepared to shoot the basketball, and we've got, we're have got we getting to like our, one of our final ones, and that's having our eyes in the right spot. So the first thing I want to mention with this, we want to have our eyes locked on the target. So if we're going to shoot the basketball properly, we need to have our eyes on the rim. And I, before even mentioning the shot, I have to mention too, if you have your eyes on the rim and you get a catch, you're also going to be able to notice if there's a cutter who's wide open. So being a good shooter is also still being a good teammate, and we need to catch our, our cutters when they're there or our post guys who are, who are pinning their guys down low. So if you got your eyes on the rim, it's going to be pretty hard for you to miss those, those things. So good shooters are also good playmakers, so that doesn't excuse us from actually making plays. But like I mentioned, eyes getting locked on the target, a big mistake we see is, is we're staring down our passer or we're staring down at the floor to make sure that we're behind the three-point line or that we're on the spot of the floor that we want to be. Get your eyes locked on the target so you can be a good shooter and a good playmaker.
0: I can't believe how often I'll see players get up and it's actually the motion of the shot and they're not looking at the hoop yet. I mean, yeah, if you were like Kobe or Jordan or somebody like that, you just have the whole court memorized. You've played hundreds of thousands of hours of basketball. Yeah, you could probably do that, but to, to get our eyes locked in on the target early, huge, huge advantage. As you mentioned, court vision, visibility that we need to have. And so making sure that our eyes are left. And then what are we looking at? You know, and and for me, again, basketball, as you mentioned, part art, part science. For me, in my mind, I'm aiming, aim small, miss small, front rim for me. And I'm telling myself in my mind, even though I'm aiming front rim, is that really my target? No. In my mind, I'm telling myself it's up and over the front of the rim aim small, miss small, I'm picking a tiny, tiny spot on the rim that's right in front of me. And I'm trying to get up and over that spot. Now for some coaches that makes more sense in their mind to teach back rim in order to get it straight. I get that. And if that works for you, I encourage it, do your thing. Okay. Uh, for me, I feel like I have to look through the front of the rim and the net in order to see the back of the rim. It just doesn't work that well for me. Nobody taught, I mean, I was taught kind of both, of, Hey, look at the front, look at the back. And so I, it's not like I was taught one way and always did it. I picked what works best for me, and that's what I encourage our players to do. But we're aiming small, missing small, keeping the basketball straight.
1: So I don't know if we're going to get too much into the mental side of things, but we, we also should at least consider when it comes to preparing to shoot the ball, is it a right situation for you to take a shot? What's, how much time is on the clock? How, how big are you up? How much are you down? Do you need a three? Do you need a two? Where did you catch the basketball? I think these are things you have to think about too. And that just comes from having some basketball IQ and just being present and aware of the situation. I couldn't tell you how many times that my squad this year, I coached JV basketball, we would be up with a minute left and we would take a shot with 40 seconds left or we take a shot with 36 seconds left. Those are two situations that actually happened and we end up losing games because teams come back and they take a better shot with less time on the clock. So, being aware of our situation, knowing everything else that we've just talked about, having our feet in line, having our hips loaded, hands ready, eyes on a target, everything in line. And then also knowing our situation. Don't take a bad shot when there's too much time left and you're up.
0: I couldn't agree more in this, but with the podcast, we've done a handful of episodes on shot selection, deep dives into shot selection, how coaches teach it how I like to teach it, break them down. So I encourage you to go back and listen to some of our shot selection episodes, but understanding not only my skills as a shooter, but also the situation of the game. A shot that's right for me in the first quarter with a minute left may not be the shot that's right for me and our team in the fourth quarter with a minute left when we're up two or we're up four. And it's like, actually, if we just hold the basketball right now, they're going to foul. We're going to shoot free throws. I don't need to take the shot, right? It's too, it's too risky. So understanding shot selection is, is huge. So coach, this was a, a great episode. I hope that we shed some light for our listeners and, and those that are watching us on YouTube uh, and how we can better prepare ourselves to shoot the basketball. That starting position, that preparing to shoot even before the basketball is in our hands a lot of times, you know, just like anything else in life. It's not okay, it's go time, it's time to perform, and I'm gonna work as hard as I can. No, no, people that are really successful, they've prepared in advance. Preparation breeds success, and that's the same thing that we're trying to do when it comes to taking and making game shots.
1: Like I tell my players all the time, be a threat on and off the ball and always be ready to get a catch and make a play.
0: Cool, I appreciate you taking the time coach. Uh, To everybody who's listening, we appreciate you as well. Um, excited to continue to dig into different aspects of shooting and helping you as much as we can. If you have questions, reach out, contact at Kramer com at coaches edge one on Twitter. I'll share coach Nichols and myself, uh, Twitter handle as well. If you're interested in some of our camps, be sure to let us know and how we can help coaches, whether that's, through our coaching membership, through our Kramer basketball training app, doing shooting. Coach Nichols is doing workouts here and there, uh, coaching as well. So we have a lot of stuff going on in ways that we try to help players as much as we can. So thank you for listening to the podcast. And as always, get after today.